Three, two, one, go. Hey, Jason, how you doing? How you doing? I am sick as fuck, but I'm good. I'm doing okay. Yeah, how is that you? Corona? Is that Corona you got? Man, if it was Corona, man, if it was Corona, like that would be so horrible. Like all of my kids would have to get tested and shit. No, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, it's just a sore throat and a okay, cough. Okay. Uh. Um. Uh, need to be drinking lots of fluids and stuff mm-hmm. and stay mm-hmm. warm. Okay. And I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. How are you? Uh, I'm not doing much better than I was last week, but I guess uh, things are going to change for the better. I hope. Mm-hmm. I hope. You know what? Yeah. Uh-huh. Sorry, sorry. Just continue. So like, like you're telling me, it's just, I guess the main cause for my, for me being down in, in the dumps is because like you said earlier, like, my sleeping pattern is really hectic. It's really bad. It's really bad, especially with the kids. Like I, I barely get more than four to five hours of sleep a night, and it's not even a full four to five hours. It's just like it's always broken down, you know, mm. because you will always wake up in the middle of that, you know. Mm. So, yeah. So it Ross still wakes up in the middle of the night. Oh, oh yeah, she does. Yeah, she does. Regularly, at least at least three or four times a night. Yeah, and then you have to go and like rock her to sleep. Uh, no, usually she just wants a change of diapers, you know, that's it. Ah, wait, so she'll yeah. stay awake until you don't change her diapers? Yep, yep, yep. Kids are interesting. Babies are interesting. Yeah. But I don't think it's all kids. I think some kids sleep through the night pretty young. And even actually, it's, it's, it's strange with, with Raha because at some point last year, she was sleeping throughout the, throughout the night. But then she just started waking up randomly. So I don't know what the reason is. They must maybe there's something we as parents are doing wrong and we, and we don't quite understand. So I don't know. Yeah. Mm, I mean, it might be worth looking up. Yeah, I've been, definitely. I've been trying to write things that I'm grateful for every morning, mm-hmm. just to add something to my morning routine. Okay. Because eventually, like, what I've come realization is like. I've come down to is that my best days mm-hmm. are the days where my the time I wake up mm-hmm. and the time I go to sleep, I am in complete mindfulness. Okay. So if I am completely mindful and like conscious and doing something meaningful when I wake up and when I go to mm-hmm. sleep, mm-hmm. that tends to set like a precedent for the next day mm-hmm. it's just a precedence for the following for like the following day mm-hmm. as well as like like me going into work so what happens to me during the day you know okay i see i see so it just sets me on the right mindset and sets me on the right track you know Mm-mm-mm. and then after i do that i like usually work out too so that mm-hmm. now also my body's like physically ready and i feel mentally mentally checked in ready to like start mm-hmm. the day mm. and it's been feeling really good so far uh that i've i've been trying to clean my room okay um this leads into our thing today by the way so okay. for the longest time i've never really like bought things for my house you know like i've mm-hmm. tried I've, like so cleaning your room as jordan peterson would say is just it, it's more than just cleaning your room right it's like you have to make it beautiful too he says that a lot. And 
uh, if anyone so first of all for me like i'm pretty lazy right so i've always left my sitting rooms on like my robe in a very minimalistic type of way right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that has either been born out of two things at least when i think about it it's either been born out of two things either i'm just being lazy mm-hmm. or i like the minimalism and i like open spaces mm-hmm. i haven't really f- figured out what it is but uh it, it might be actually a bit of both i don't know yeah but like the thing with talking about making one room beautiful right so the idea here is that you create beauty in to the degree in in which that you believe something to be beautiful right so if minimalism is beautiful for you then you have created beauty in your house right i don't think the assumption here is that have art pieces in your house and that's beautiful because if you have one go in your house you might like one go but i might think it's it's not touching me you know it doesn't look nice in this particular room you know mm-hmm. but I, so i think when he speaks of creating beauty i think he just he means creating uh, adding a piece of your highest ideal into that space you're in and that could be minimalism, minimalism for you yeah, yeah 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 you're right and but this is the idea of like you have to go and figure that shit out first of all right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you if you're going to put whatever your idea of the high your highest idea of what is beautiful mm-hmm. or what best represents what best expresses yourself individual your individualism in your room mm-hmm. or in your environment mm-hmm. you need to go you need to know what that is first of all right mm-hmm. so there's also like already like a process of going to figure that shit out just from okay. the get go right mm-hmm. and that's why I'm like I just realized like man I haven't been doing that really mm. cuz I'm a much more of a function sort of guy like I get in and I'm just like okay what do I need I need this I need that I need this you know I need a fridge I need a microwave I need a screen maybe to watch movies mm. on and then I'm done right mm-hmm. the whole make it beautiful thing it's never been like in my mind you know until a girl comes along Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The old saying, you know, it takes a woman to make um a a, a boy into a man, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now it's like I have to actually try to make it beautiful. Because mm-hmm. I I want it to look good. I want her to be comfortable too in the house, right? Okay, okay. So yeah, I'm gonna be trying to doing that, and that leads into what is the theme? The theme of this month is art and psychology. How does art affect your psychology and how does psychology affect your art? Okay. How are the two interrelated? What is the function of art in our society? So on and so forth. Mhm. Mhm. So Okay, mm-hmm. where do you want to start with this? So, how does art relate to psychology? That is the first question I want to start with. So, I was looking at various studies and they show that artistic endeavor may reduce stress and health complaints, improve immune function, provide both psych- physical and psychological benefits and even help people live longer. I did not see how that makes sense. I did not see how at least for the last part art makes helps you live longer. Art, I don't understand that. Art makes you live longer. Yes. 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 Now that's the question how can art make you live longer? 
I can understand. Okay, so if you're talking to how does art relate to psychology, I understand the psychological benefits of art, right? So I'm going to imagine someone who is a writer, right? A writer. A writer. This particular writer is depressed because they have no way to express their internal struggles to people through 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 talking, right? However, through writing, they're able to express to themselves if the piece they're writing is for an audience of one and the audience of one being themselves. If they're able to create this piece of art, they're able to break down the internal strife they have and come to terms with or just simply understand it, right? Mm-hmm. So I understand how art can benefit psychologically, but physically, I don't quite understand. Well, you are your mind, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, uh, funny enough. Uh, one second. Sorry. Funny enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I was listening to Joko Wink- Willink yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. And he talked about how um, it was Joko Willink and Jordan Peterson, actually. They mm-hmm. had a podcast together recently. So they were talking about how after the age of 25 mm-hmm. cognitive ability stagnates mm-hmm. and tends yeah. to go down yep i had the same focus yeah right so yeah. you heard them talking about how it's like the best way as jordan peterson said the best way to stave this off is like by exercising yes 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 which is everyone's heard it but it, it, it's not necessarily like something that is obviously apparent because you think oh if the mind is a muscle and it atrophies over as 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 you as you age, right? It atrophies. Then you must put exercises in to sort of like mm-hmm. mentally make it stronger. Mm-hmm. And based on that conversation, it was like your cognitive. So you, you what you you still have the ability to learn. It's just that mm-hmm. process is a little bit slower. So you can still mm-hmm. learn new things. So when you're mentally like exercising your brain, right? You're doing mental mm-hmm. act- activities. You are learning new things. You're absorbing mm-hmm. new information and knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. But you're working, you're cr- like that, the main processing power itself, mental processing power is still reducing over time. Mm-hmm. So how do you prevent that? How do you prevent your processing power from like lowering over, over like the period of your life? It's actually just exercising. So exercising every day will keep you will, will keep you um, alive longer. Later. And what does life. this have to do with art? How does this relate to art? So coming back to art, art. When people do art, art is like I feel like there's there's, there's this physical. This, this is like a psycho what's the, what's the word physiological sensation when it comes mm-hmm. when you do something great when you do when you express yourself mm-hmm. it's not just only like a psychological activity right it's more of like mm-hmm. a physiological activity as well you can do art and you can feel mentally and spiritually free after mm-hmm. and that also like can have an effect on your body right mm-hmm. the idea here is to show that 
you your mind can affect your body and your body can affect your mind oh yeah i think we, we all agree with this but now okay so there there's many artists who produce rather bizarre and dark art right mm-hmm. and some of this art like to the to the novice observer would would seem very disturbing it would be very disturbing and you you'll ask yourself why would such an artist create such a piece right is this piece really helpful for their cognitive well-being is it helpful not cognitive but for their psychological well-being i guess it is helpful for their cognitive well-being it's it, 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 yes yeah sorry uh-huh uh, go on go on go on go on it's like there's a there's, there's a sense of catharsis catharsisism 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 i don't know if i'm probably butchering the word but it's cathartic everyone's felt it right if you do something if you put your everything into something right you leave mm-hmm. like it feels like you've left a piece of yourself in your mm-hmm. work mm-hmm. or in whatever you're doing and that is very specific in art as well like i feel like art is one of the highest forms of that as well like if you really apply yourself and try to like express your mind and what's going mm-hmm. on in your consciousness onto that piece of art that you're doing mm-hmm. you leave a piece of yourself there and you think that that leaving a piece of yourself has some so, some form of catharticism that comes with it so you feel good after you've done like a really good piece of work and yeah. that that uh-huh. ends up freeing your mind right it, it it makes it feel like there's less noise you feel lighter after so like for for everyone who's listening if you have access to the internet i would like for you to look at the paintings of a man called francis bacon jason i would like for you to look at that right now how do you spell francis that? francis f-r-a-n-c-i-s and then bacon the way you spell the ordinary bacon like bacon like his name yeah. is bacon bacon yeah wow his name is actually bacon nice so the former lord chancellor what am i former lord chancellor no uh, francis f-r-a-n-c-i-s yeah and then francis B-A- bacon former lord chancellor first uh, uh okay so album. look for right artists at the end i guess then ah, okay, okay, okay. i was wondering uh so he was a famous artist can you give me yes he was a british so he was a british painter he was irish born british painter i found him and Yep, so his work is very unsettling, let me say. Let me and not unsettling, it's just it's not the kind of artwork you like to have in your house, right? Yeah, so like his art pieces are not the kind of art piece one would like to have in your house. Uh-huh. That's the point. So it's very bleak. He his artwork is very bleak, very bleak, very also very existential, right? Oh, he he reminds <laughs> and, me of um What's his name? Ito, the Japanese uh, famous horror mangaka. Oh yeah. Ito. Ah, uh, what's his name? I love, I like, I love his work so much too. He made Spiral. Oh, it's giving me full Japanese. I can't read kanji. Junji Ito. Junji Ito. Since we're talking about artists, if you're gonna give me this guy, please look at Junji Ito. His artwork. So people who don't know, Junji Ito is like, he's like, 
known as like the comic book or manga creator like one of the best in in the horror genre if mm. not like if not the greatest of all time honestly he's up there basically in the greatest of all, of all time when it comes to like horror uh mangakas or manga creators and so many of his works have been adapted to like anime and video game he's influenced so many people his work is just it it's something man like you just have to so junji ito so jun as in j-u-n-j-i ito i-t-o yeah i'm looking at his work right now yeah, i've never seen any of this before this is like you've probably watched like his he's his his work is really really famous like ridiculously famous i'm talking about like entire movies games mm. like his work has been adapted in many different ways there's an even there's even an anime series which was horrible by the way but i'll still mention it there was an anime series that was made based on his work and you can just read the the manga online if you want to do that because he does a lot of like it's an anthology series so he does a lot of random short stories basically so you can always just pick it up and drop it whenever you want. Like literally mm-hmm. like read it in like five minutes and then, you know, a lot of short stories. There are a few stories that he's written over a long period of time. Like Spiral is his most uh, famous work. That was like over, I think it was like 60, 70 chapters. So mm-hmm. he has written longer stories. But he's known for his short stories. and Yeah. Anyway, sorry. So let's start with Mr. Francis Bacon. Uh, so, like, looking back at this guy, Francis Bacon, I realized that, yeah, like I said, most of his work is pretty bleak. It's not. So what he, 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 he has, his images are usually, like, crucifixions, portraits of popes, self-portraits, and, clo- and also portraits of close friends. And, like, there's one image that really struck me. It's called Death on a Toilet death on a toilet like if you look go to google again look at type in francis francis bacon plus death on a toilet i like his art yeah i it's it's definitely interesting art but it's not the kind of artwork you like to have in your house you know you're just before you're talking about having a woman in your house you wouldn't want to have to come and see this in your house right she, it's like dude, are you, I, yeah <laughs> are you okay are you okay Oh, I did not. Yeah, like, no, Death on a Toilet is legit, though. Especially right? This one, this right? One, let's see this one. What's this one? Tragic Vision of Mankind. What's this called? Is it Death on a Toilet? No, it's called something else. Birth, Sex, Death? Birth, Sex, Death. I really like that one. That's something I would buy and actually keep it in my house. Birth, Sex, Death. So his artwork is like... If you want to talk about... If you want to talk about what it's like to exist, is existing comes with a lot of things, right? It's like a bundle package. It's not only just happiness and joy and companionship and family and friends that you experience throughout your own life, right? Mm. Everyone knows there's a whole heap of tragedy and sadness that comes with existence, right? Mm. And uh, some of that tragedy comes with darkness. And I feel like one of the most darkest places we know is human consciousness, you know? Like, human beings can go into places that, like, are just so dark that 
Yeah, there's there's the ca- a case to be made for the artist whereby the artist is known to traverse to see layers of both the what we we would call the real world and to touch into the far further into the symbolic world than the average human being, right? That's and to true. traverse into the symbolic world is to walk in the darkness, is to walk in chaos. And the case here to be made for the artist is that some of the of the best artists, some of the most idealized artists mm. who okay or some of the, the artists who have had some of the most idealized and iconic pieces whether it's in music in graphics in in writing in movie making they have all been psychologically disturbed to one degree or another right there's there's a madness that comes with the genius right the like the the flip side to the genius is a touch of madness right to to, to like you said to navigate through that chaos and through like mm. those rough winds of consciousness right it's almost like you have to like swim deep in your own ocean the ocean of your own consciousness and pull something out of it or make mm. something of it and mm. that has to that thing that you make of that thing that you make from the deep consciousness of your mind from the deep like parts of your mind has to make sense to other people it's amazing that we can make art and people understand what you're doing in the first place, right? Because art is almost like it's sometimes art is so deeply personal. You think it's like written in your own personal language, right? A language that yeah. only you would understand. But like at least with with writing, right? With with poetry, with novels, with short stories, the thing is that no matter how deeply rooted, they, like the thing with writing is that if you read someone's work. And like you said, even though it's so so deep rooted in their own personal experience, when you read that work, you're always going to find you not always, but you might find something that reminds you of something that you have been through, right? Mm. Because like there is no human experience that is unique, right? Falling in love is not unique, right? Losing someone you love is not unique. Yep, 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 yep. It's the totality of your whole experience that is unique, not the yes, like, the exactly. Sad individual moments. Those exactly. individual moments are not unique. Exactly. But now the artist tries to describe the individual moment in the most beautiful, beautiful, extravagant, magical, fantastical way, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe you yourself saw these things when you're going through this individual, this singular moments, right? Mm-hmm. You saw what the artist saw. You felt what the artist felt, but you had no words to describe the, what you're going through. But when you read the work of the artist, you realize, yes, 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 this is exactly what I was going through. Ah, so they're able to manifest ideas, things, and experiences that you, you in your own mind, know mm-hmm. are true. Yes. You might have seen it yourself, or you might have seen somebody go through it, but you've mm-hmm. never been able to, like, manifest it or talk about it yes or articulate it you know whether it's in words or whether it's writing it down and Mm -hmm. that's the thing about consciousness sometimes it's like it can be so deep that it's only when the art hits you when when you look at the art it 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 it, it rings it like it lights up something in your mind right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i think that's why people get goosebumps right sometimes when they look at art or when they hear a good piece of music Mm. it it resonates with them on such a individual level and it's only in those moments that you realize like 
damn, this music is like, it feels like it's speaking to you. Mm, exactly, exactly. It's speaking directly to you. And that's why people cry sometimes when listening to music, like a beautiful piece of music, when looking at some something that like really triggers, some, some, some masterpiece of art. People cry. And, and it, it does trigger you, trigger you because why not? Why shouldn't it? You know, the real question here is that why isn't everyone brought to tears by art, by artwork, right? Like, I, it, I, it, I like... It's, it's funny because art is like... If you want to talk about, like, language, art is, like, up there with, like, the oldest of languages. It has its evolution. It's been here for such a long time. It's going through multiple iterations. We now have multiple forms of art that we know of. Mm -hmm. And I think we've made art of almost everything, you know? Yet when we teach or talk about art, it's almost looked down upon. In maybe not now, but like in school, you know, from mm, my youngest mm. ages, it's been looked down upon a lot, you know. Mm. Like art is that thing that won't get you anywhere, and like oh, of oh, course, oh, oh, yes, 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 because we live in a capitalist world, we're looking at capital, capital gain. Like there's we, no like it's very hard for you to make money as a writer or a, or, a, as a, or as a painter as opposed to be an accountant or a lawyer or a doctor, right? Which, which is funny because art is like the most celebrated things we have as a civilization, if not the most celebrated. It actually, it is the most celebrated. It is the most celebrated I thing. I think it's one of the most celebrated things. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to think like, of something. Like, when I say art, I'm talking about, like, it's not just drawings and poetry. It's, like, music is art, you know? Filmmaking is art. Games are art. Like, these are the things that we go... Movies, like, Hollywood movies are art, you know? Like, so it's, like, mm. these are things that we all go crazy for. So for us to like keep on looking down on art and not talk about it in a very serious way, the same way we talk about psychology and stuff like that, it's it's just so weird to me. Uh, it's it's not so weird considering the society we live in. It's not so weird, right? Because like you would want your kids to be financially stable, to live financially stable lives, right? Okay. And okay. you know, for them to live this kind of life, painting probably isn't the way to go i mean it can it can work but the odds of you succeeding as a painter are very very slim right it's like you yeah okay so you have to be both very 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 good at painting very very good at communicating your ideas out to the world and also very very lucky in order to be successful as a painter right but to be successful as a doctor all you need to do is go and study medicine. Right? So people, I think most people will encourage their kids to be doctors as, as opposed to painters just because of this simple fact. You're going to have a more se financially secure future if you're a doctor. And All it right. does make I, sense. I guess it makes sense in this, like, it makes sense if you think about it uh, in a very, what? Metaphysical? Is metaphysical the word? If you look at it in a very, like, results, results-based. Yeah, uh -huh. result-oriented. Result-oriented, or with yeah. being very pragmatic. Mm -hmm. Art mm -hmm. doesn't, like, it's not inherently apparent what a piece of art, let's say you painting, a piece of painting, let's say you paint something, right? It's not inherently apparent 
how many things or how many people or how much value can be drawn from that piece of painting if you drew it and left it in a museum somewhere, right? You might have sold it for mm -hmm. a lot of money. It created value for you as the artist. Let's say you're a famous artist, right? So it created value for you personally, but it's not inherently apparent like how much value society can draw from it, right? Mm -hmm. But if you think of like, if you became a famous doctor or like a very good doctor instead, how many lives have you saved? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's very clear to see like, oh, you've worked on this patient, this patient, this patient, you've, you've brought like health and wellness to all of these people's lives, right? So you can literally mm -hmm. count how many lives you've like given value to as a doctor, you know? Okay. And that's the same thing with an engineer and a scientist. Even an what? Engineer, scientist, lawyer to a lot of these like jobs are like especially in a world where we're, we're like the seven fucking billion of us now, right? So it's like you need more doctors because there'll be more people to get sick. You need more lawyers because there's just going to be more problems. We're going to be fighting with each other a lot more in general. So there'll be more, probably be more crimes being, there'll be more crimes being, being committed and more like disputes in general as the population goes higher and higher. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's a deep need for these things. And it's a very easy way of tracking how good and how well these jobs and what kind of value they can give back to society. But with an artist, you know, unless you're like this big ass artist or like a big filmmaker or musician, it's like if you're on the like the smaller side of things, mm. if you made a, a piece of painting, what has that really done for the world? You know, at least that's what somebody would ask you. What have you really done for, your, for yourself? Mm -hmm. What have you really done for other people rather? Mm -hmm. So... Mm. What have you done for the people? I guess just, bringing people beauty is one thing to, that you've done. But we've just talked about how we live in a society that doesn't necessarily value that. Mm -hmm. Capitalism favors... I don't, I don't know if it's capitalism. I, don't, I wouldn't say capitalism favors because, you know, the famous... The famous saying in Game of Thrones is like... A king... What was it a king oh can i remember mm -hmm. this quote a king aristocrat and ah no wait i need to, i need to get that because that'll lead into like it's a very important uh visualization for what i'm gonna try and say um anyway while i'm looking at that you can look at ginger Eaton a bit you know i highly recommend him for people who you have to be into art, though. I mean, not art. You need to be in, into horror. Have you taken a okay. look of his work? What do you think, Costa? Uh, I have to, like, dive deep into it. Maybe look at some manga, some of his manga and stuff. But from what I'm seeing, it's, uh, it's, it's it seems decent. It seems interesting, at least at the very least. Let me start it by, just by saying that it seems interesting. I can't say go any further right now because I have no knowledge of his work. Uh huh. So are you still looking for the quotes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. So mm -hmm. I apologize for people who are Game of Thrones fans. They might kill me for this one, but it's something like this, right? 
So you have a you have a king. You have a king, aristocrat, and a priest sitting mm-hmm. at a table. Only one mm-hmm. of them can walk away alive. Mm-hmm. There is a there's a swordsman in the room with them. So there's four of them, right? Mm-hmm. So they each have to make their case to the swordsman why he should kill the other two people. Okay. The priest promises him everlasting life in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. The aristocrat promises him influence. The king promises him gold like he's never seen before. Mm-hmm. Who do you think wins? Well, who do you think One has more time. The, who, who, do you, who do you think has the power in the room? All of the power. So, so a king and aristocrat and a priest? Yeah. Hmm. This hmm. isn't the direct quote, but I'm trying to like it's it's kind of close enough. Who do you think has all the power? Uh, I will I will assume the priest. Why would you say the priest? Uh, because he can, depending on whether or not the 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 warrior or swordsman you said believes, uh, he can promise him eternal life. And uh, that's what you think is power. Yeah, depending on whether or not you believe. If you don't believe, it's nothing. It's useless. It's pointless. But if you believe, it's quite a lot. And what you said makes sense. But mm-hmm. if the man happened to be a very, let's say, an atheist, he would just like the yeah, exactly. is definitely yeah. gone, right? <laughs> That's why I say like if he believes, if he believes. If he doesn't believe, it makes no sense. Uh huh. Uh huh. So what 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 is it? What what was it? So when I thought about this a bit more, you know. Uh-huh. Um, they they end up explaining the quote in further the parable in further detail, right? But the point is is that you can make a case for all of them. That's what I realized. Mm-hmm. And if you can okay. make a case okay. for all of them, then it's like it's a subjective thing. So then it depends mm-hmm. on who you are. So it depends on who you are as a person mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. where you think. What is your idea of power? And that was okay. the ultimate. Okay. Um, that was the ultimate teaching. That power resides where people think power resides. Okay, okay. So, mm-hmm. going back to this, right? It's like beauty, art, and value, right? In our society. Value will always... Value... As a society, if we decide that art is the ultimate good mm-hmm. in terms of what you can bring into our world and share with other people then tomorrow artists there'll be like a huge explosion of artists like okay, that. Uh-huh. you know but if we decide like hey being an artist doesn't really make sense you should be a doctor instead then you'll see that pull or push to that side you know society will literally um, re- reconfigure itself to fit that micro thesis, if that makes sense. Hmm. hmm. It it does make sense. It does. Um. At least that's that, that's that's from what I've seen and what I've like mm-hmm. learned from like listening to other people. You know, mm-hmm. I might I might I might be wrong, but that's what I've seen. These are my own observations. And yeah, I I'm just hoping that. Art is actually such a huge field at the moment, you know. We didn't even talk about what art is, by the way. 
we'll get into that but first first of all i would like for us to tackle this this idea of how art influences your mind and vice versa yeah i was gonna say like jason you you create you 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 do graphic designs right yeah i'm a bored individual yeah yeah you're bored and creative brother (laughs) joko willing cool so what's your process what's your process when you create So, I need to be inspired first. Okay. I need to okay. be in a mode. Let's just mm-hmm. call it. Oh, what do you call it? Let's just call it the art mode. The art mode for me is like, I need to be so inspired by something, mm-hmm. whether it's like looking at other people's artwork, whether it's listening to a good piece of music. Mm. whether it's talking to my friends and my family feeling loved you know there needs to be this swelling of feelings and emotions in my mind or in my body mm-hmm. and i feel like it, when it reaches a certain point it's like i need to get that feeling out somewhere you need there needs to be then an explosion you know Mm, I see, I see. I so, see. like, if you're working yourself from 0, 10, 20%, like, it's going up. I don't know if people are watching Mob Psycho, but that's basically, like, how I feel sometimes. So, when it reaches 100%, it's like, oh, my God, I gotta do something. I gotta do something, you know? Uh, so, I just open up something like Illustrator real quick, and I do something, you know? Whatever's in my mind, I just get it out all, all out there, you know? Huh, huh. And then after, I just feel so good. I feel like relief that's what i talked about it's like a psychological sort of relief but it's also physical like i feel good after i feel more relaxed and i feel like again my mind the the, the waves of my consciousness i've become a lot more calm after i've done some art so like for you to to create this art for you to bring this art into the world is a king to you maybe like wanting to go to the bathroom like you you have this urge and desire, like, I need to do it now. I need to go now, right? And one, once it's out, you're at ease. Yeah. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, yeah. I, so I'm describing my most inspired moments. When I, so mm. I, I worked a bit as a graphic designer. And at that point, there were many times where I was like, I don't really feel like doing this, you know? Or like somebody would want a boring, what I would consider a quote-unquote boring design, you know? Mm-hmm, I just mm-hmm. want my name in a signature form. That's it. You know? Okay. And that's, that to mm-hmm. me is like literally like you can do that in like five, ten minutes. So that shit is just so boring. You know, it's just like I don't even want to do it. You know? Mm-hmm. It just seems so mundane. And through those times, I'd have to force myself. You know? And in those sort of moments, if I was to say like in terms of percentage, I would say it's almost... Oh, wow. It's actually really hard to say. Like, now... Now, I'm having a lot more inspired moments. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it's like 70-30. Where I feel 70% mm-hmm. of the time, I feel inspired and I feel like I have to get this on. And 30% where it's just like, I have nothing else better to do. So, I'm sort of like forcing myself to do it. Mm-hmm. Before, when I was doing it as a graphic designer, it was almost like 50-50. Okay. But that's because okay. I was doing it every day, right? Mm-hmm. So when when it was like a huge part of my life, it, it didn't feel like 
it didn't feel I, I that that urge to like get things out there mm-hmm. was reduced or was dampened a bit so. okay but yeah i think what you said going to the toilet was like a perfect description of what it feels like for me personally it's a physical mm-hmm. need it's a psychological need physiological need physiological need there we go uh-huh. i need to do this yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny like it's funny how you say it's physiological and but still i i always imagine that art comes it's a mental state of being right to mm. create is, is a mental state unless but if, even dance even dance dance is, a, is an art form but i always believe that it always starts from the mind first you actually that's so wonderful it is an art form dance is another yeah. one that people have looked down upon Sorry. Yeah. I have a pet peeve with like how art is viewed in society. I'll, I'll, I'll let that go for now. Yeah, continue. Yeah, I always view art as coming from the mind, right? Yeah. But ev- so everything comes from the mind, and the mind is there's your own consciousness and there's a collective consciousness. The collective consciousness are things that you have learned from society, right? Just being raised as a human being in this world, right? Mm-hmm. And your own consciousness are the things that are how you process the experiences you have had. And when you create art, it's kind of a coalescence of the two. So that's why I always tend to imagine that art is first of all psychological and not physical. But then when you say that it feels physiological to relate to to create this art, that's I'm okay, I've just never thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what is it like for you, Dan? Hmm. So so I write, I write, and the thing when I write, when I when I when I write poetry, I always so the thing that makes me want to write the poet the poem a poem is having one line in my head, one line in my head. I always just have one line in my head, and I feel like the that first line needs to be put down on paper, and once I put the first line on the paper, whatever comes, I don't know, right? Like whatever comes isn't coming from me; it's coming from somewhere else. That's what I feel like, because so I I can have an idea. Like the line can be anything. The line can be I'm sitting down making a podcast. That can be the first line, the only line I have in my head, right? And something tells me, Oscar, just go and write this line down. Just write this line down, yeah. And once I write that first line down, everything else comes on its own. I'm not even thinking about it anymore. It just comes. I don't really feel relief afterwards i don't really feel much of anything i just feel like i'm done i'm finished you know so for you it's like the same way a priest or prophet would go on some spiritual trip and say like oh and then when they come back they have like a new word of gospel or the the word ah okay 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 someone had talked to them yeah, it, that sounds very mystical and fantastical, but yeah, that, that's that could be yeah, that's a good analogy for it. You just you enter a certain state and it just comes to you. I mean, it's not really a state I'm entering. Like I'm, a, I am aware of what I'm doing. I'm just not, but I'm just not aware of what I will create. You know. I know I'm writing. I know I'm writing a poem. I'm not writing a short story, but I don't know what it like. I don't know the. Uh, I don't quite understand or have foresight into what the creation will be. It's like what you said before. You are wor- you're walking into that darkness of the chaosness of the chaos of your mind. Yes, yes, yes. 
the consciousness. Yes. Yeah, that, that's a, the best of discovery, I guess. When you come back, you'll come back with that piece, a piece of something. Mm, mm, mm. A piece of that chaos. Mm. But that piece of chaos, you've turned it into something else. And now you want to show it to the rest of us. Yeah, but for most of the things I do create, I don't show anyone, you know? Just keep it to myself. Like, uh, talking about an audience of one, sometimes I just keep the poems for myself. That's how all artists start, though. Yeah. They do it for themselves in the beginning. Hmm. Usually. You know? They're just drawing for themselves. There's something, that's something that doing art does something for them, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to like it in order to get, like, really good at it, right? Mm, of course, of course. So, a lot of people yeah, are famous once they just... But then, like, okay, back to, back to what I would say. Yeah. Back to what I was saying earlier about, like, artists having a touch of madness, madness in them, yeah? So I I had this this idea that hmm, so last year when I was I was drinking quite a lot and I was writing, writing never felt quite good. Actually, it felt kind of like a punishment. Like I I just have to do this thing to get rid of this feeling I have inside of me, right? Mm-hmm. So it was therapy. Yeah, it was kind of yeah, it was kind of thera- I wasn't say therapeutic, but it just it felt like it felt like working out. I don't enjoy it, but I know I have to do it. You know. Do you understand? You said it, you compared it to like working out? Yes, it's like working out. I I don't enjoy doing doing it, but I know I must do it. Yes, yes, right? yes, 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 yes. You're sacrificing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's how I, I've been feeling about writing. Especially, especially last year, like at the height of my drinking, it felt that way. Like I just have to go out and write this thing. I just have to write. Mm. And... And so, at least back then, it felt like hmm, a lot of my art was influenced by my drinking, right? And which is funny, which is funny because, right, this year, since I, I stopped drinking, at least for me, personally, I feel like my poetry has lost some of its touch, some of its magic. Oh, no, the old topic of drugs and, and uh, what, and art. Drugs and art. Yes, yes, yes. But that, I, I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying I want to drink to create better art, but I, I do. At least when I read the poems from last year, it's like, wow, it's really, the poems from last year really packed a punch. They really fought a fucking punch. This year, it feels like I'm walking with kitty gloves, you know? Like, what the fuck is happening to my poetry? <laughs> now, this one is an old conversation that many people have had in a lot of different parts of art, you know? Yeah. So, like, I think the most famous one... The most famous example we can use is music. Rock stars and drugs, man. Like, if you have a rock star that took drugs in his younger years and compared to when he got sober, there's a clear mm-hmm. change in his music, right? I'm not going to talk course, about, like, whether his work when he was younger was objectively better than his work when he was in his older years, right? I'm not going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. But there will always be a change, you know, for better or mm-hmm. worse. Some people will be like, oh, his mm. older work is more mature. Nee, 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 nee. I, I like it better. Some people will be like, no, his younger work was edgy. It was raw. It was straight to the point. Boom. I like that. There's just so many examples of people saying like, man, this artist was just so different when he was on drugs, right? I think yeah. the one, the first thing that comes to mind is Eminem, right? Eminem, when Eminem was like on pills and 
when he just dropped in the scene in like the late 90s, early 2000s, the dude was just rapping in a way no one had ever seen before, you know? He was totally different from everyone else. He looked mm. different, he rapped different. His art was very, very contra- like it was very like not con- is it controversial. Yeah, yes it was controversial, but what's the word I'm looking for? It was trying to provoke people. It was very it was very provoking type of things he was doing, right? And the 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 way he avoided it as an artist was that he like a lot of artists not a lot of artists, but a common way of dealing with it is creating an alter ego. So there was Eminem or Marshall Martyrs and then there was yeah. Slim Shady. Slim Shady was the mm. crazy psychotic twisted version of himself that could who was mm. like saying fuck bitches i want to fucking kill gay people and stuff like that you know so it it creates this escape for him and we 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 as an audience know that it's a sort of escape and it allows him to explore his much more darker thoughts without criticism Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and there's a clear difference between eminem when he was in drugs in his younger years and then when he got sober now so I, I will say that the reason why an artist will depend on drugs to create beautiful art is because prior to the prior to the introduction of drugs into that the artist's life, I believe they're already suffering with some mental mental disorder, maybe some past trauma, whatever you want to call it, right? Whatever is going on, there was something there, right? Mm-hmm. And when the drugs were introduced, whether it's yeah, drugs, alcohol, anything, you know, I mean, alcohol is also a drug, but when the drugs were introduced the drug kind of silenced the noise, right? Mm -hmm. So they no longer have this mental chatter going on. So now they can create. And when they create under the influence of drugs, the mental chatter comes out with clarity onto paper or onto, into your movement if you're a dancer, you know? Or into your voice when you're singing. And then, Uh when you get off the drugs, you can't just get off the drugs and start creating beautiful art. You have to get off the drugs and learn how to live without the drugs and how to express yourself without the drugs before you can start creating again. Isn't there like a theory? Um, it's found out that some of our ancient ancestors used to consume mushrooms. Used oh, to the cons- stone dip theory? Yeah, <laughs> they, used to, they used to consume a lot of herbs and plants mm-hmm. for nutrition. And some of those plants happen to be mushrooms, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the theory is that those mushrooms might have caused the first person to look at a wall and try to like draw on it. There's much more to the uh, theory, well, but I'm, I'm I'm just simplifying it, you know. Well, the, the stone ape theory is a bit different. The stone ape theory suggests that when we were when we were hominids, like when we were, I would say when we were something less than human back on the African savannas, those things, those hominids used to eat whatever they could find, right? And when they ate the mushrooms they were able to become introspective for the first time, right? To be aware of the eye. They were were able to see better. They were able to perceive better. They were looking at the environment in a different way. It gave them this mental And even looking at at themselves for the first time. Like how Adam and Eve ate the fruit. Exactly, exactly. And that's the idea. Yeah, that's the stone dip theory. And that's But when it goes to show you how far we've come with drugs... Yeah, but as like a, so. Race and... But I think that that's different though because it's like, 
eating eating mushrooms, ingesting mushrooms and becoming almost excessively aware of your consciousness, excessively aware of yourself and your place in the universe is different than being drunk and writing poetry, right? Oh no, but it's like the idea is that under the we've always been mm-hmm. being, being put under the influence of drugs. We've always mm-hmm. put ourselves under the influence of drugs, right? Drugs have always been there. Yeah, and it yeah. seems like there's always been specific moments where being under the influence of certain drugs has allowed us to be more free. And in the realm of mm-hmm. art, True. that m- feeling like you're more free, or whether, again, I'm not going to argue whether you are more free. I'm just like, that feeling of being more free Mm-hmm. always allows you like again it gives you that clarity like what you were talking about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it goes back way back like I'm, I, I don't know there's so many examples like reggae artists with weed or hip-hop artists with like cannabis you know um mm-hmm. if you go back further enough like the native americans whenever they do their the what whenever they're doing like their religious dancers and dancers and like chants they would always like hot box literally like hot box with a bunch of like plants and and psychedelic uh psychedelic plants you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they would go on this what they would call like a spiritual trip what they would consider like a spiritual journey Mm -hmm. in your mind and there's just so many other like shamanistic and shamanistic and what's what's the other word I guess spiritual in general there's a lot of spiritual like rituals and dances that we've had throughout many religions that have incorporated drugs in some way Mm -hmm. art art is just an extension of that man I feel like art is just like another activity where we're just like you know drugs might help us do it better (laughs) drugs might help us do it better yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. I I don't want to agree with that right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, as a recovering addict, it's like no, that's not something you want to. I I feel like you you can accept it though. You can just accept it for what it is and still go like, but you don't. Again, it just makes things easier. It doesn't like stop you from creating good art. Still. Mm, oh yeah, yeah. It makes it okay. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, there's this very interesting story about the Buddha. I, I don't know if it's true, but it's an interesting analogy. And the story is the Buddha goes into a, into a village, right? Uh-huh. And in the village, he meets a man who says he's a monk. And the monk tells the Buddha he's been practicing this a, a certain kind of lotus sutra that allows him to finally walk the water from this side to the, to the island in the middle of the lake, right? Uh-huh. And the Buddha says, why did you have to do that? There's a boat that's only that costs only one penny, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like, isn't that like, like, yeah? Isn't that like a story or like one of the the myths? Is it a myth? Yeah, it, it's a myth. I don't know. Of course, not. It's not a true story. I don't. I don't know if it's a true story. I don't think it is because I don't think anyone was working on water in the past. But the point here is that people spend all their lives learning how to create the most beautiful art. And some dude somewhere just 
takes some LSD and all of a sudden he's the greatest artist of all time, you know? It's like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that, that's very much... That's possible. How many yeah, of these people are stoned? How many of these filmmakers are stoned yeah, when like, they're writing it, their scripts and like, oh, when they're writing... Uh, when they're writing stories, you know? I mean, imagine, imagine Lil Wayne. Imagine Lil Wayne. Like, for, oh. as far as Lil Wayne, he's just constantly high. He's, he's, is he even sober? Snoop Dogg as well. Is he even sober? Does like, he even know this? Like, <laughs> have you seen the Lil Wayne documentary? There's this one Lil Wayne documentary from like 2012 or 2011, mm-hmm. showing mm-hmm. his like just it's you're basically in like the back, showing showing behind the curtains of like his tours and like this was mm-hmm. like when Lil Wayne was like really at his peak, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing like his work ethic and stuff like that. The guy was living in his tour bus while he was on mm-hmm. tour, so that makes sense. But the guy had a suitcase that he was carrying mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. He was carrying it to his hotels, to his plane. The suitcase was mm-hmm. a portable mic with like a fucking mm-hmm. recorder. Mm-hmm. And he would just sometimes get so high and he would be mm-hmm. chatting with some motherfuckers and he would just stop and go like, I need to record right now. So just bring the suitcase out and just, he just go into another room and just set up the portable mic and just start rapping immediately, you know? He would do this in the plane, he would do this in the hotel. He also he used to carry around the guitar too, sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it'll be like, man, you can make you can talk about this guy's rapping style. You can talk about how his like some of his raps are like just not that complex or too over simple or too simplistic, right? Mm. But like his work ethic was like there, and you could see it in the documentary. So it was just an interesting part. Like it was just something you'd never expect from Lil Wayne. So he's the guy who actually learned how to walk on water, right? Walk on water. Like according to the the, the Buddha, the Buddha, the story for the Buddha, he learned. He went all the way to learning how to walk on water just to get to the island in the middle of the lake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, also yeah. for him, it's like. I remember, like, I can't remember his childhood completely, but when he talked about, like, his past and shit like that, he said some traumatic shit happened to him in the past. Mm, 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 And he's... He's the kind of person who said, like, this is the way I live now. Like, when he talks about, Mm. like, him sipping on, um... What was the cough syrup thingy that they they like? The lean? The the Mm. lean, yeah, the purple drink. He talks about purple drink is like, this is how I live. I'm gonna die like this. Because yeah. the guy is like literally says he's just accepted that he can't function as a sober human being. Mm. Yeah, like, do you want to be that that kind of person? You know, do you want to be that way? Lewin had like even by the way he was talking, he had demons, man, some serious demons, and uh, I'm happy to have lived a good enough life where I don't need drugs, man. I don't need mm-hmm. drugs to cope with living. Because mm. being needing drugs to cope with living is one thing. It's mm-hmm. always the addiction part that's just always tragic to me. How many people are functioning like drug abusers and like don't let it affect it, their normal day to day lives or their friends? Yeah, most yeah, family. most people are like that. Most people are like most that. Most people are like that. I feel like there's yeah. always. Okay, maybe most people... You might be right, but there's always that danger of, like, all it Think takes is it. to go over that line a bit. And Think about this, Jason. cause everything to this. fall down, you know? 
most people drink alcohol without it causing a problem in their lives. Most people smoke cigarettes without causing a problem in their lives. Most people drink coffee. Well, without until, causing a problem until in their they lives. die later on in life. That is. I mean, whether you want to use the drug, they're going to die, Jason. That's not the point. The point is, how, how is it affecting your life? How is it affecting you while you're living, right? I think people who become addicts, not for all substances, but for some substances, are all already genetically predisposed to be addicted. To something. Sure. Yes, yes. Because if, if alcohol made everyone addicts, then there will be a billion alcohol you know, a billion alcoholics in the world. I don't think there are a billion alcoholics in the world. The famous There will be more than a billion, yeah. The famous uh oh games games creates mass murderers man if games if like first person shooters made mass murderers man you'd yeah, have yeah. a lot more mass murderers exactly. <laughs> a lot more exactly. school shootings man you don't know how many people are playing these first person shooters so mm-hmm. like, stuff like that doesn't make sense so yeah yeah I so i think people are simply genetically predisposed and it's funny that it seems to me as all as though all the artists seem to have a problem with drugs seem to have a problem with some substance you know like it's maybe maybe that touch you know it's like being being touched by an angel was too much mommy being touched you know the angel touched me in a bad place the angel touched me in a bad place <laughs> but what you said was right like you need to be a little bit crazy yeah. <laughs> there needs to be something a little bit off about you in order to transverse that chaos that chaos yeah. of world the world of the chaos of the consciousness and then to mm-hmm. come back with a piece of organized piece of art mm-hmm. that you formed from that chaos you need to be a little bit crazy you can't be a normal like a completely sane noble sober human being i don't think it works i, I like i i swear to god jason all the artists all the artists i've met in my life all of them have a problem with substances you need to, it's same thing with comedians you need to be a little bit fucked up a little bit crazy yeah. in order to like create good artwork i really do believe that you can't just be a normal human being who likes who's, who's always kind who's a, self, a little <laughs> bit selfless just a family guy i have three kids like you can't you can't be like that you can't be I'm like sure, that. i'm sure there's some who are like that but that's, that's the no minority. no that's no the... no one knows what they're doing man these are people who have artwork that people will never see i swear to god like maybe okay, I'll I'll be fair. There might be one guy who's completely normal to the book, yeah. <laughs> and he has good artwork. Yeah. That guy is the exception. Most people are <laughs> fucked up. Most people who are good at art are really fucked up, in some way or some form, you know. Anyway, that is actually the end of the talk. Um, I like we're over the one hour mark. Mm. But the conversation was really good. I really liked it. And I was getting really into it. So, um, are we getting, when are we getting a guest? What is, what is to come, uh, Oscar? We will get a guest either next week or the week after that. And the guest will be Nails Nathan. Uh, before we proceed, before we end, close this podcast, I'd like to direct all of you to Nails Nathan's website, which is nailsnathan.com. N A I L S. N-A-T-H-A-N dot com. And Nathan, Nathan is a visual artist. And I will discuss with him on how we will record this, whether it's through Discord or we should meet in person and record. Yeah. yeah you so guys, just go uh, and check out his work. Check out his work. You'll really, it's really insanely creative work. 
Like he he does this thing where he if you go to, go to his Instagram page, he does this thing where he goes to Starbucks, <laughs> buys a cup of coffee and draws uh create makes draws some some something creative, something insanely funny or or just fantastic on the on the coffee cups. So just go and check that out. It's really interesting. So just one more time, what's the website again? Nails Nathan N A I L S N A T H A N dot com. Oh, he got a we'll, wow! He got a dot com. Yep. So we will put the link. We'll put the link on our on our description. And please, guys, go and check that out so you can know what to expect of our first guest ever. Our first guest ever. I am looking forward to that. Yeah. And I hope everyone else is looking forward to that too. And with that bombshell, it's time to end the podcast. Thank you Goodbye, so much, listeners. listeners. Thank you for listening. Yeah, and thank you, Oscar. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Jason. Bye-bye.